You're listening to the Big Shiny Podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. The Big Shiny Robot Podcast is brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery. This is Nick. This is Lucas. This is John. This is Tom. This is Tyson. And you're listening to the Big Shiny Podcast. If you need a place to drink some good coffee and read comics, Watchtower Cafe is the place for you. The cool thing about Watchtower is it's not just a coffee shop with comic books. It's a great place that lets the geek community in Utah hang out and get together. Go check them out at 1588 South State and tell them Big Shiny Robot sent you. We'll cut out the part where he asks. Keep okay. everything else. Okay. <laughs> the Okay. So speaking of John, chasing things. This week, Sunday, if all goes well, this episode's oh, yeah. going to go up, and then this Sunday, we have our nerd swap meet. At the Bohemian. And if you're there, and you happen to be a podcast listener, which I hope happens, um, our our good friend John here has taken it upon himself to to get some stories from the street. And by the street, I mean the vendors and people at the swap meet. John, do you have, uh, I mean, we talked about a little bit of the live show, but do you have any idea what kinds of interviews you're hoping to uh, to have? I mean, we're just going to go with it. We're going to see what happens. Oh. Yeah. I have no plans or expectations. I'm just going to roll with it. See, John is your, your improv master. So if you want to come and hang out with John, bounce some ideas off him, whatever you want. Um, what time is the swap meet? The swap meet is from 2 o'clock until 7 o'clock. Uh, they'll have beers and brats the whole time. And if you want, you can go inside and get a meal, obviously. Usually yeah. it's a little bit slower because it is a Sunday, so that's nice. Yeah. Uh, you can hop in and out anytime you want. Um, it's I a brewery. Can I bring my kids? Totally, yeah. Okay. Kids kids are welcome. They have it roped off like most Utah events to where they ID you. And I don't know if they give you a bat. I think they give you a wristband. I think they were wristbands last time. Yeah, but it, kids are totally cool. It is within an area where there is alcohol. So for some reason, you were worried about your kids seeing people drinking and getting hammered or drinking a whole growler by themselves. Like Tyson probably will. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe don't come, but uh, it's definitely kid-friendly, and I encourage it because most of the stuff there are old Star Wars figures or old Hot Wheels. I know one guy, he's a, he's got a whole Hot Wheel uh, collection, and he's parting that out. Wow. So, yeah, I think it's great for little kids to come bring 10 bucks and find a bunch of cool little treasures. Yeah, and, you know, are they doing brewery tours again this time? So they unofficially – they haven't been able to lock it down, but uh, – Andy said he was going to work something out. So if you cool. want to go check out the brewery, it can happen. Because that was a big thing. Like my uh, my father-in-law and mother-in-law actually came and did – because they do brewery tours on like Thursday nights already. Mm-hmm. But it was like <clears throat> 10 or 15 bucks. They got a bohemian beer glass and they got to go see the whole brewery and operation, which I think is super interesting. Like even if you don't drink beer, the science behind creating beer and creating alcohol is really, really cool. And the way they mix the flavors, the way they figure that out is super fucking interesting. Especially I that think. huge room back there. Oh, it's yeah. just kind of a neat area. And I think, I mean, when we did the tour, they, I think they let us all sample. You can do like a small mm-hmm. tasting. So they take it right out of essentially the storage vats, mm-hmm. which is the freshest you will ever drink Bohemian beer, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's like Willy Wonka's mm-hmm. tour. I was just, yeah, they're great guys. Great dudes. Did you have any other yeah. questions about the swap meet, John? That would No, help? no, that was it. Oh, uh, worth mentioning is we did order a pretty limited amount of some red T-shirts and uh, some hats, some flat brim hats that are super cool. Yep. We'll have very, very limited quantities of those just because we can't afford to do a whole bunch. But if you do want one, make sure to show up early and grab one of those. Yep. They'll, they'll be on the cheap. I think the shirts are going to be 15 and the hats are basically cost. They'll be 25 Yep. And the hats are nice. And it's our new podcast, our new branding logo, which is really awesome. Um and the hats have the little lightning bolt on the back. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I didn't notice that. That's awesome. And I will say I have my original big shiny robot hat from, God, is that five years ago, four years ago? Yeah, it was an embarrassingly so long time ago. I'm, I'm excited to have like another BSR hat to rock. So Me too. And I think I tried to upgrade it a little bit this time. Um, so we'll have some of those there. Uh, those will be at my booth. I'm going to try to have the banners and stuff set up there, but I'll be selling some stuff. Rebecca sending me one of her... Uh, um shit bb8 oh cool kitty litter whatever you call it I, where they piss and shit the cats yeah not the people i mean unless that's what you're into and that's fine yeah, yeah. so uh so rebecca sent I one mean, of those it should be super cool i've never shit in a robot before maybe <laughs> it's maybe a good life maybe, maybe this is uh, about that life <laughs> maybe we do that on the microphone we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah i mean just don't do it in front of any kids we'll be all right because yeah, they are welcome the kids are yeah. welcome it's nothing they haven't seen <laughs> 
<laughs> Everybody poops. They got the book. They know how it goes. <laughs> we all know how this works. A mid thirties recovering Minnesotan man <clears throat> taking a dump in a kitty litter box. That's something that we've all seen before at some point, John. And I think, I think a couple pointers. If you've never been to the swap meet, if it's your first time, if you're a new listener, I know we have actually garnered a good number of new listeners lately. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, come out and say hi. Um, we will all be super awkward about it, and we will be totally <laughs> stunned that you actually know who we are. But come say hi, and also bring sunblock. Yes. Because it's going to be hot and it's going to be sunny. Um, and I don't know, man. I think the best part about it for me is like the comics. There's always like two to three vendors with just a shit ton of comics for one, two bucks an issue. And there might be stuff that they've read and they love, but they're not really caring to collect. And you can really score. Like I picked up, I think two years ago, I picked up the entire run of a Punk Rock Jesus, which yeah. is still one of my favorite comic runs. Don't anymore. Yep. Yeah. I got five trade paperbacks last year for like $10. So it's it's a good time because you can you can haggle with the gypsies, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, Armando will be there. He always has a big stack of graphic novels, and that's one of the things too is that everybody's there to kind of part with the stuff they care about with other people that would enjoy it. So it's not easy or it's not difficult to get a deal. And say, all right, if I get these three, will you give me one free or something? Yep. Everybody just wants to get the. That's my thing. I just want to get rid of all my shit. Yep. Agreed. It's all cool shit, and but it was, to me it's just shit. It was really hard for me to decide not to get a booth this year because I've got four long boxes full that I was like, maybe I should just I know, I'm right there dollar to two dollar to piece these out. And then I was like, oh, okay, if, I'm not going to. I mean, if you and Tyson and John end up wanting to, I think I've still got table space under the, no, the tent. I'm, I'm, could, I'm moving at the end of the summer. I want to make the it best as opportunity. difficult as possible. <laughs> like, I'm going to hold on to <laughs> Like most people want to unload before they move. John's actually going to acquire more shit and no, make them move yeah. harder. <laughs> so much stuff. Is that a 48 pound lead brick put it in the back <laughs> fuck it <laughs> fuck it i'm moving like a boss this is a uh, actual brick from the destroyed xavier institute <laughs> x-men number 371 <laughs> you'll notice you can see the curvature where it hit xavier's head oh that was that's how he got handy dark <laughs> that's, how, that's how come he's in a wheelchair yeah. god damn yeah. god damn that got dark so Let's jump over to E3. E3 was super big, oh super awesome God. this year. Usually E3, I could give a fuck. There's like two things. You right. get through it. So we kind of, right now, in case you hadn't picked up, it's me, John, and Tom. Nick and Tyson are permanently banned from E3 conversations forever. Forever and ever and ever. No, that's not true. Tyson had some baby stuff and yeah. some, Let's be his honest. daughter. Tyson busy hates dude. progress, hates technology, <laughs> wants nothing to do with he it. Just likes, he just likes matching semen to eggs. <laughs> And then having a child be He produced. wants to go yeah. back to the days when games were throwing rocks at your friends. Yeah, Tyson's <laughs> Amish. Someone quits because they're bleeding severely. <laughs> and not so much quits as like just passes out. Pulls the old Xavier, you know what I mean? Don't <laughs> <laughs> break to the head. <laughs> and I believe, In a wheelchair. <laughs> I believe Nick's uh, got some work trip thing he was talking about. So, Something, yeah. So it's the three of us, and I keep slamming this table. Um, let's, we I asked you guys to kick in some of your favorite things. I kicked in some of mine. We're going to probably spend a little more time than usual for this episode, but I'm pretty stoked to talk about all this. Yeah. And let's and, put a disclaimer out there. Like E3 is a four, it's a three days of, of hour to two hour press conferences mm-hmm. and then three full days of a showroom floor. We're going to touch on like 6% of E3. Very good point. And that's, that's, all, that's all there's time for. Like literally to cover E3 from a podcast perspective properly, you would have to do a 45 minute episode after every single conference, which would be six episodes in a week. And really, at that point, you might as well hop on Google and say, what happened with Xbox or yeah. what happened with this thing? What are the highlights? And like, so did, this is like our highlights. That's a good point. How did Xbox fail to name a console correctly? This is a slight tangent, but worth mentioning, just because we are podcasting about E3. When I watched E3, the PlayStation reveal, I uh, missed the live time due to work. And mm. so I went back and rewatched, and the only one I could find immediately after was a guy's podcast where it's him and his wife who podcast them watching and then commentating over and it. then commentating <laughs> they're doing it live and people are just ripping on this guy <laughs> like he doesn't look like he plays video games what what i've been playing video games since 1987 <laughs> he just, he was, he was, oh shit did they announce a the game i don't know fuck you chat <laughs> his wife could care less she clearly got roped into it somehow total disinterest like she that's lost how they got out to california and, <laughs> that's funny it was great i watched uh i watched the only live stream i watched was griffin from 
Adventure Zone and Polygon. Oh, I didn't watch that. He was running around the showroom floor being a jackass. But I want to get into the games. Okay, we have a lot of games we're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah. And our, our, I think all of us, when I asked to kick in ideas, we all said Spider-Man, PlayStation 4. Uh-huh. I'm sure for various reasons. But I want to go to John first. Because you'd, you'd made some comparisons of this being similar to Arkham, the Arkham Batman series. Yeah, so Spider-Man games. I love them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all remember when, was it Spider-Man 2 came out? The movie and game. changed changed the world yep. <laughs> as far as web slinging went. It mm-hmm. was incredible. It was an open world. You could swing around. Mm-hmm. Um, games after that, improvements briefly, and then a lot of crap. Yeah. yeah, and then they moved away from the web slinging, which yeah, was to... okay, but I didn't think it well, was great for the franchise. It's not when you're Spider-Man. I mean, there's no other way to do a Spider-Man game except for in an open world where you can swing around. Well, Why I, make it Spider-Man if I, you're not going to have that? And I yeah, think a I lot of the problem was technology versus concept, right? Like Spider-Man 3, the game, actually, I thought had the best web slinging. But in order to like have something like the PlayStation 2, hand, oh no, Spider-Man 3 is PS3. But even then, like with the PS3, in order to have that system handle like the amount of calculations and the amount of just shit to be rendered and displayed, you have to really step back a lot of other things like draw distance, right? Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool that we're at a time when they can make this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful game and have incredible web slinging like simultaneously. Well, and I was surprised too how seamless, at least what they'd shown us, it was going from the the push button CGI, you know, where you've, you're, he's running down the, the oh, big the, crane. The quick time mm-hmm. events. The quick time events, thank you. So he's doing the quick time events and then instantly right, he's into web slinging to chase the helicopter. I, and thought, I thought that was great. So you were talking about the web slinging. Yeah, so my problem has like Web of Shadows came out, things like that, is they were very repetitive. It was cool that I could swing around, but as far as combat went, it was kind of I'm um, falling from the sky attacking, jumping back up, coming back down. Right. It's a very repetitive game right? in terms of combat. And so what yeah. I loved about this trailer is you had the open world, it looked like, mm-hmm. um, where you could swing around, but then you got to get into the Peter Parker genius. And it really went into what I view as like a Arkham City, Arkham Knight type game. There's a lot of stealth involved. Mm-hmm. You can kind of swing around above crooks. And then use your gadgets. They had like the web mine and things that. like. I mean, it's, it seems pretty great and a definite change of pace for Spider-Man games, especially in regard to combat. Because they tried yeah. doing that with the Amazing Spider-Man movie games, and it was really. I didn't even touch those. Choppy and not good. Like they tried to make that combat system a kind of you can get on the ground counter system, mm-hmm. similar to the Arkham games, but it did not pan out. I liked how much he interacts with the environment and the one sequence when he's on top of the building, he, he webs at the big crane holding, uh, one of the big pylons or something and swings it around and knocks everybody down. I, I, like you're saying the, it's not just him, you button mashing the whole game. You can go into any fight different, similar to Batman because the Batman combat system is pretty simple. It's simple, but it's eloquent. But but there's enough variations you can, I'm bored fighting guys with a grappling hook. I can start. I'm gonna start freezing this guy and then right. grappling hook that guy. Well, and I think the beauty of that system too is like if you guys remember playing the old like superhero games, right? If you were just like mashing punch or mashing, right? Your character could miss the target and just keep mashing into the air. And I think with with Arkham, they did a really good job of forcing you to target stuff, mm-hmm. and so that you're not able to do that as much, right? Generally, when like your punches whiff, you're actually whiffing on an enemy, and then you're getting hit in the back by another enemy. And it looks to me like Spider-Man, I mean, it pretty much looks like they either A, hired people from Rocksteady to develop the same system, or they reverse engineered the shit out of it. Yeah, I mean, it looks Mm -hmm. very similar. But again, with Batman or Spider-Man, like that is exactly what combat would be like. Mm -hmm. And It is not some crook is going to get the jump on you. It is you miscalculating. Mm -hmm. Like You are Spider-Man. You have a spider sense. You are not going to get taken out by a bunch of dudes in clown masks yeah exactly well and i think too what really intrigued me was if they're willing to go and reverse reverse engineer that combat system i feel like then they're also probably willing to focus really heavily on the narrative like i really dug when he steals the phone from the guy and like talks to fisk yeah yeah because then you're like oh hey they're actually they're actually like pushing that was fisk right i'm not crazy and that that whole narrative and him saying you you know you protect more of my men then maybe i'll tell you what's going on 
And so it's the hopes that they're actually going to write a really, really solid story as well um, to make and it. I, and with those story points, I really dug. And this is we we saw five, ten minutes of this game, and who knows yeah. in the grand context. But at least this, I I really liked how much he was thinking about the collateral damage as Spider-Man, because that's so much of Spider-Man comic books is him getting caught up in the disarray that's caused by these fights. Yeah. So as the helicopter, he's trying to save it and the whole ass end of it comes off in the quick time event of having to web sling that up. I dug it. Can we can we talk about the Miles Morales reveal at the end? How oh, was that? yeah. I was I was I, not expecting that. The what? Miles Morales is in the game. I, how did I miss right that? Right at the end of the trailer, like he's videotaping the helicopter as it gets webbed to the building. And he turns and he, around. And so he's videotaping it and it says a bunch like Spider Man coming such and such. And then his buddy yells back, Hey Miles, come on. And he turns around and it's Miles' face with the camera. Oh, I didn't yeah. even yeah. And I, I think his buddy was it was gonky, list. right? From I, I didn't see enough of oh, him, okay. but I would assume it would be. Oh, I was fucking cool. I I actually yelled out. I was like, Oh I was so excited. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think it's cool that they're... Yeah, no, that's totally cool. And the the Mr. Negative that they're using, I'm digging the universe building that they're grabbing from now Ultimate Spider-Man. Was Mr. Negative the Asian dude with the baton? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because he's been the focus of the comic books up until the Clone Wars happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that whole first... He'd been in 15 books of... The newest Amazing Spider-Man was all focused on Mr. Negative. So. Yeah. Okay. So, are you guys gonna pick it up? Probably. Uh. Yeah. Oh yeah. What about you, Johnny? Think about it. Because you guys have PlayStations. What? Yeah. Are we definitely. even asking? I. I I'm might. debating whether I buy the PS4 Plus or not before I. Right. So you can play it if they happen to support PS4 Pro. Yeah. yeah. Or Pro. Excuse me. Yeah. I'd say I'll probably. There's a good chance I'll pick up a PlayStation to play this game if it gets good reviews. Yeah, and and honestly, if not, you could probably borrow my PS4 and play the game. I've been thinking for a while. There's a big enough backlog that if I jumped in, because I've never played all the the Nathan Drake games. Oh man, yeah, those are awesome. And if they're doing a second Last of Us, I would mind playing the first one again. Oh, so, man. what a just great way to sell your system, Sony. Just take one of the world's most popular superheroes and make it a your system only game. Because yep. your company owns the rights to Spider Man. That is like, I really hope they hold on to it. As even as an Xbox guy, that I don't necessarily want to have to buy a console. I want Sony to hold. Yeah, and and good on them for giving it to a studio that loves the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how much I can say without like getting in like trouble, but somebody I work with is working on this title. And I've been talking to him a lot, like, hey, like, how are things? Oh, I'm working on this thing I can't tell you about. Oh, I'm working on this thing. And finally, as soon as the Twitter release went for that trailer, I had an email from him. <laughs> and it was, I can finally tell you I'm fucking working on Spider-Man. And I was like, dude, this is so cool. And we were emailing throughout E3, and I was like, dude, I just want to, you know, that trailer was incredible. He goes, thanks. Like, I did a lot of the environment, so having you say that meant a lot. So, like, the team that's doing yeah. this really cares. And Insomniac is a fucking great studio i mean oh, yeah. they've done ratchet they've done so many just like legendary ips it's in it's in good hands like not to say that activision is a bad developer but i think part of the problem with a lot of the spider-mans they were handing it to activision and then activision was going out and outsourcing it to like a mercenary developer group and they could give two shits right they're basically mm-hmm. going hey this game will sell because it's got peter parker in it where insomniac is gonna i feel is saying hey this has peter parker in it so it's gonna sell but we love spider-man so let's make this cool oh yeah let's, i mean that was have some pride what yeah. two years ago i was stoked when i read activision's contract was finally over oh, yeah. that was the most exciting <laughs> news ever. well i mean what is activate i mean activision has made some good stuff right and they have good studios like blizzard but i mean yeah it is and they burn ips into the ground look what happened with tony hawk yeah know? or the guitar hero guitar hero well they're the ones that burn Shit, guitar hero killed mad cats and it was rock band it, it wouldn't surprise band. me okay hold on i'm gonna anyway we're we're gonna tangent. move on just a little bit uh sea of thieves i believe this is one of yours tom yeah so this one's actually this is the third time they've shown it at e3 so it's an mmo for xbox and it's pirate based so you and your crew get together and like rape and pillage the world. I don't think there's actually rape because it looks yeah, pretty cartoony. Okay. But, <laughs> but like, you, 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 there's a long pause there. You go out and do the pirate shit. Well, I realized when I said rape, and I was like, eh, that's probably not the right word. But you go out and do the pirate stuff, right? So you go yeah. out and you loot treasure and you fight other factions and you explore islands and get Shanghai. And yeah. one of the reasons why it was my favorite thing is it evoked a lot of up and down emotion in me because I was super excited when they first announced it. And then last year I was like, I think I'm still into this, but man, they've been developing this for like a hundred fucking years. 
And then this year, as I watched it, I actually got less and less and less excited. And I was like, I don't think I'm into this game anymore. And then, like, close to the end of the multiplayer battle, one of the pirates ran across the boat, jumped onto a cannon, and they shot him out of the cannon <laughs> onto the other team's boat, and he just started, like, shanking people. And I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm back in. Like, this game looks really fun. <laughs> You're like, ah, I'm in now. <laughs> yeah, so it looks it looks pretty cool. And it was one of two pirate games actually shown at E3, the other one by Ubisoft. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it looks fun. And I've been really itching for an MMO. So I think that one has a lot of promise. Gotcha. Well, and that's, is that an Xbox exclusive? I think so, yeah. They're doing, I think it's going to be one of their Play Anywhere, so it'll be PC or Xbox One. Did they have an, uh, a date yet since you've been no, waiting so still long? No, still no date. Oh. That, and that's the other thing is why I'm kind of like, honestly, I kind of feel like by the time the game comes out, I probably will give none fucks. But right now, I'm actually kind of excited. Gotcha. Okay. So moving on uh, to other series that formerly had Pirates, Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I was surprised to see this on here because it's, it's, as far as I understood it, the Assassin's Creed games have gone downhill and been beaten into the ground a little bit. That's how I feel about them. So I think that was John's. Yeah, and I feel the same way. I loved, I played, so Assassin's Creed in theory was decent. It got very mm -hmm. repetitive, yep. but I liked the idea. But so when the second one came out, it was a much larger world, some combat variations. And I was built stoked. And 2 was really good. I played the fuck out of yeah, that game. Yeah, 2 was great. I mean, I think I 100% at number 2. So what, did you fall off after that point? or? Um, I played some of the follow-ups to that that just built on that world, Brotherhood. See, I didn't play that. Um, and then I played, it was when 3 came out that I kind of fell off. It was cool in Kansa. That's where you're the Native, Native. American. Yeah, and that one, that's the one that lost me after I finished three. I had like, it, it whatever, like the game was fine, but when I finished it, and I hate to interrupt you, but that game, like, I had no will to play any other Assassin's Creed's ever again. And mm. that's how I felt. Yeah. And I don't, excuse me, I don't know why this one caught me so much, but I think it's just kind of a back to basics in terms yep. of combat that I was interested in, because the games have been progressing, you're starting to get guns and I just wasn't into it. I don't know. I yeah. feel like it took away from the... Kind know, of the lore the, of the Yeah, thing. yeah. So what is... I, I know nothing about this Origins. Where does so this, this take place? this is... You are the first assassin right. brotherhood and, in ancient Egypt, it and, seems and like. And they're an evolution oh. of the Magi. So the Magi are dying off, and they actually become the assassins. Gotcha. Um, and so it, this is the very first assassin, or at least yeah, the first group. Yep. Yeah, I... You're in the first group. I don't know what the actual they didn't expand on any storyline other than like you yeah. are the in the first yeah. brotherhood and, of assassins. And you're in mm -hmm. Egypt trying to stop the. I'm assuming they're going to have like whatever the origin of the Templars are, whether they're the Pharaoh's guards or whatever they are. But there were some things on that that I thought were more interesting. Like when there's a part where it was in, I think it was a pre-rendered video, but he goes into like a temple and there's a giant cobra, like a big like evil yeah. mystical looking cobra. And I'm like, all right, if they start introducing some like weird, weird Egyptian magic, that might actually make the game fun again. Something that a was different. a problem with the game is it's fun to just keep doing hit after hit and side quest after side quest. But you're pretty much facing the same yeah. situation each time. And I think this will bring a lot to you. I mean, it was a giant snake. And really? Like you are in the catacombs of hogwarts size snake yeah. you know? and, and i think in a world where we don't really have like a current prince of persia title coming out like they can scratch some of that prince of persia itch which did have some of that more magical backstory and then oh, okay. just yeah. some of the having the bird is like your site was, cool. was pretty cool you can call upon it's like a i don't know i don't know my birds but you could like mark well. targets with the bird and like <laughs> yeah. scout elements using like you can have this bird be your eyes and you yeah. take over as the bird flying overhead with a bird's eye view of everything and you can kind of mark a couple targets. That's really cool. It that sounds like some cool. pretty unique gameplay. Yeah, I I still I mean I think for me down it'll still be like a Steam Summer Sale pickup where it's like nine bucks. Um and then it'll I I, I want to play and I want to get back into Assassin's Creed because I think there's a lot there to offer. It's just it's tough, but this one sparked my interest for the first time in. I mean, that's it. It really, I looked at it as when it's coming out, which is mid November, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, this will, this will fill my time till Battlefront Two comes out." And, and that's actually <laughs> a key point I want to bring up about E Three before we move next is it, that I thought it was really refreshing. I don't know if you guys caught this, but there were no announcements past early twenty eighteen this year. Yeah, and really? that was really great. Oh, except for the Metroid 
development on Nintendo. But and I feel, we can get to that later. But yeah. I felt like that was more of a hey, we heard hey, you. Yeah, we heard you. And and that's the thing is everything else though. Like the people were bitching about the Bethesda conference. And to be completely honest, Bethesda was like, this year you're getting Wolfenstein, you're getting Evil Within Two, you're getting this, and that's and that's all in 2017. And then they were done. And the latest thing Microsoft said was early 2018, early 2018. And I feel like across the industry, they're starting to get this idea that if you if you tell somebody about a game and then make them t- wait 10 years for it, if this game doesn't live up to 10 years worth of speculation, you're fucked. Yeah. And I love that because I love the idea that like, I already know like the games I'm buying this year pretty much based on these announcements. I'm like, cool, I know what my budget is for this year and I don't have to think about 2018. I liked, I've always dug, they haven't always been great at it, but Nintendo and Blizzard is a similar company. It's like, yeah. all right, like we haven't talked at all about this Yoshi game or this Kirby game. They're coming out in six months. Yep. You haven't seen anything about it, but here you go. See you in six months. Yep. And Bethesda really set the trend with that last year because they came out and said, was it last year they did Fallout 4 or was it two years ago? I feel like I'm time traveling. I think it, it was, was two years ago. I feel it was, like it was a it was, couple years ago. It was ago. two years ago. I think it was, could have been longer. It was, I think it was two years ago because I bought it a year and a half ago at like a December sale. But anyway, they came out and said, oh, by the way, you guys didn't know we were making Fallout 4. We are. It comes out November 10th. That's the way to do it. people went fucking crazy and they all bought the game and the game was good. And that's that's the way it needs to be. Like, If it's not a new, I would say if it's not a new franchise. Okay. Because I think some new franchises, I could see where they have to build up steam to get attention for yeah, it. But, but you could even like have the game in a better locked position and build up a year of Steam. Yeah, I'm not saying multiple. Instead of building up three to four years. Yeah, I, th- I think the two years is tops. Yep, if somebody agreed. told me late 2018, you know, okay, great. Yeah, and I, I'm just really stoked that that seems to be what everybody's doing now. That's a good point. And I love it. It makes me happy because, again, there's nothing. It's just, it's damaging. I think it's damaging to your brand when you give people hope for 15 years on something. When you give them all that time to speculate on it. Yeah. So speaking of uh, new hope and new ideas, Anthem. Oh, my God. Like, I I played Destiny, and Destiny fell short on just about everything I wanted it to be. Right. But it was still fun. Yep. This is... And everything they've shown me with this is what I wanted Destiny to be. It looks so fucking good. It looks so good. I know this isn't going to do justice because I'm sure it has a great storyline, but I saw that trailer and all I'm thinking is like my Tony Stark fantasies are <laughs> yeah. coming true. No, seriously. But seriously. Like, I so, mean, you have a so, team of Iron Man essentially with different variations of armor for different situations. And you can completely customize it. Yep. You can fly. Yep. And fucking fly. Somebody, you can go underwater. That was the coolest. I mean, the size of this game must be massive yeah and somebody cracked a joke and was like oh it's like titanfall destiny and i was like in what world is that bad yeah that is fucking incredible that's an incredible multiplayer shooting franchise and the first like decent grindy shooter of an mmo type together that's that's fucking perfect yeah if they can pull off all of the things i was hoping and i'm not saying destiny was a bad game i'm just saying it it definitely didn't live up to the hype it burned out to get a ps4 so we can all play this online together yeah i'm thinking the same thing because That yeah, we have Spider Man, and then we can play the. Are yeah. you leaning towards Xbox? Is Only because the... I'm kind of mad at Sony right now because they're fighting the future, and I'm pissed about it. <laughs> but I'll probably play it on PS4. Okay, thank God. So, right. so Anthem, from what I gathered, it's a similar story to Destiny. It's a post-apocalyptic future of sorts, and Earth as it is, there's all these different creatures and right. robots have run amok, and you can't always tell the difference between these robots and the the creatures. And so, there's a small city that's left has a big wall around it and you're a mercenary that's hired to go out and find you collect things go fight things whatever awesome things that the yeah. game wants you to do and it looks i mean the one- tony just or i'm sorry but john described it perfect it's like tony stark you get in your suit you jump off the wall and you go flying and around d- the seamless transition from sky to ground to under fucking water my my, was, my brain I, seriously melted. that I, was the coolest thing yeah. in that trailer and then the storm at the end like, oh yeah yeah that's i wanted was to see I'm well gonna... and and the best thing about that trailer so i didn't catch that it was multiplayer so i was messaging scott who's on coffee all delete with me we were just talking about e3 and he was like dude this game is gonna be the best to play with my buddies i'm like what is he fucking talking about like the, the that was the dialogue is really shitty this is really terrible dialogue Oh my god they're in chat yeah that's... And, <laughs> it took me a bit to catch yeah, that too and as soon as i caught that i was like that's I, what I was I throwing thought. money at the television. She was hollering was like, about the gun she got. It seemed like it was rehearsed right. uh, conversations. And that's totally what I just how flat their voices were. And I totally thought it was just like shitty. Like fill, yeah. fill your like, game your with some sound. Your narrative writer is fucked up. Nope, and it was then just your shitty when friends. the 
that the extra two people jumped in towards the end. It's yeah. like, oh my God. Like, oh my God, no, those are buddies chatting. Just oh my God, my they're jeans. flying into the storm. Yeah. And this is Bioware, right? Yeah. Which I've heard there's the, people are starting to say that one of the reasons that Mass Effect 3 wasn't as good is it sounds like a lot of the really good devs, I don't want to say really good devs, but a lot of their like A, a players sure, were sure. working on this. Well, it makes sense because that franchise was going through its sunset I mean, phase yeah. and you got to get the new and one if you're going. Gonna sunset build the new Mass boat. Effect, this is the fucking way to do it. I mean, this so. was the one for me. Yep. Like I'm excited for Spider-Man, Assassin's Creed, cool, so, Battlefront, which we'll get to, cool. But like this was my favorite, just something completely new in my eyes. And, and my favorite thing to do is to play games with my friends. Yep. And I felt like it, different things have fallen short. Destiny scratched on some of that that was yeah. fun, but this seems like more of a well. And I hope I more hope, on the par of what I would enjoy. And I hope it's more open. So one of the problems I had with Destiny, and we can, I mean, Destiny Two was announced, and I'm not gonna, I, I doubt I'll buy it. But one of the problems I had with Destiny was that like you start getting into the rating. And suddenly you're not actually playing like a social game with your friends. You're playing like a regimented military shooter. Yeah. Especially if, as you got into the expansion packs. It was like, if you're going to get through this raid boss, every single person has a specific role. And the role isn't healer, tank, fighter. The role is you are going to run back and forth between these two switches and grab the, like everybody was moving in a specific pattern. Mm-hmm. And it kind of took the fun out of it because if one person was a little too drunk or a little too high and you weren't in precision, you just lost. Or even just not quite up to snuff. I, yeah. I feel bad having a friend that enjoyed playing Destiny and I felt like I can't play this raid for 12 hours with you. I'm sorry. Yeah, You're not like, good you enough to, go to play. You need to get better fucking guns before we do this. Which is a bummer because I don't want that. I want to be able to be playing a game and say, oh, John just hopped on. I'm yeah. fighting this dude. John, you want to come help me with this? So I, I hope that they solve that problem because I feel like that's one of the ways in which an MMO and a shooter don't blend. Because mm-hmm. in an MMO, even if that's the case, you can go out and do smaller dungeon runs and smaller raids and really build yourself up. And your higher level friends can come back and go through with you and it's fast and they're having fun. Or there's all kinds of other things to do. And that's where I feel Destiny truly fell short was you would go and be like, oh, yeah, I want to do this raid. Well, there was only three raids. Like, let's call it like it is. There was three raids in Destiny. Then there was six or four. And, you know, like with the expansions, in World of Warcraft, there's like 13. Sure. And some of them were five-man, 10-man, 20-man, right? So you could, like, your high-level buddies could run you through a lower-level instance that's maybe for five or six people. And you could all play together, and they would still get some good out of it. You would learn how the mechanics work and have fun. And that was how they leveled you up versus... Hey, there's five endgame raids and they're all this amount of hard. And if you're not like if you're not playing regularly, you're fucked. I get fucked. Or reading the articles to figure out how to yep. beat this boss. I think for me too, I we don't know if this game, but I, I have high hopes that the customization is a higher standard than Destiny. Agreed. While Destiny was fun, you could swap out. I don't know how much you played Destiny. I didn't play it all. So you, you could swap out your your helmets or your chess pieces. Right. But essentially to have the highest tier to boost up your guy, mm-hmm. you had the same gear yeah, as everybody else. Every class okay. looked the same. So you didn't get to do any customization. Halo had more customization than that. Yeah, and what was disappointing too with Destiny is the one gun that actually took like a grind to get, the one where you had to kill all of the little alien fuckers. Um, there were Which like, gun was this? It was, so there was a gun, like you got a husk of it. Oh, and yeah. And then you would grind yeah. on the... It was in the second expansion. Yeah, and you I would grind on the Halo that. monsters. I can't, you know, the... The, the flood from Halo and you would get like after like hours of grinding you'd get enough of their teeth or whatever to upgrade this gun to make it mm-hmm. and it was like a mid-level gun yeah. so the one like one of in my opinion one of the hardest things to get as far as quest lines go was like a pile of garbage so I got it and was like alright well in the vault I don't ever fucking touch you because drops are better and yeah. that was disappointing as well well and it was kind of I get why they had to do it this way but it was also frustrating that I would grind and grind and grind and grind and grind and grind to keep up, to keep up. And then someone that hadn't played for three months could jump in and get exactly to where I was yep. so that they wouldn't lose their their players. Yeah. But it made it difficult. I'm, I have so, high hopes for Anthem. Yeah, Anthem has a lot of problems it can solve, and Bioware is the team to fucking do it. I agree. If it was anybody else, I would have thought it would be like No Man's Sky. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Because everything I heard about that fucking game, I, I was the one calling like this is they can't do this. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Y- you know what's crazy? So I haven't played it post patch, but I'm hearing that post the second patch they just did, they're actually like meeting a lot of their promises. Which is unfortunate that they had to because yeah. this is what, a year, two years after the game came out? And they've I, already had all this bad press. That game has six inches of dust on it. I bought it day one, played it for a weekend, and it's just sitting on a shelf. And it sucks because honestly, every time I go on the PS store, 
that's the first thing I'm looking at. And then I just can't pull the trigger. You can just borrow my disc, dude. Like, seriously, just take my disc and play it. Go play with this disc. And if you don't like it, then you can bring it back. Or if you love it, you can put 100 hours into it and bring the disc back, whatever. There you go. Tom's very good for that. Tom let me borrow his PlayStation 3 so I could play uh, Last of Us. I borrowed it for like a couple weeks. I think yeah, the game was godlike. It was anyway, great game. So, I, Anthem. Yeah, let's um, just get back yeah, to last, mech suits. Yeah. You can fly with your friends. And, and the last point, yeah. it's going to be incredible. The last, I don't, I don't care. That's it. That's it for me. I and, just want to be able to fly. That's like Titan. Sorry, Tom. That's maybe. how Titanfall sold me. Giant yeah. robots. I get to punch other people out of robots with my friends. I'm yeah. in. And if you if you're not a gamer, because I know we have people that aren't like heavy gamers that listen to us, so to give you an explanation of how important it is that Bioware is doing this, yes. um, there's a podcast called Rabbits, and it's done by the Pacific Northwest Stories people, the people that do Tannis, people that do Black Tapes. Um, it's really really good podcast. Anna turned me onto it, hmm. but it has gamingers. They talk about a lot of old games, and they mentioned in that they're like talking about you know RPGs like, and they talked about Dragon Age, Jade Empire, Knights of the Old Republic, the and Mass Effect. <laughs> All of those games were made by Bioware. So they're listing the best RPGs that defined a genre, and it's all one studio. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they're doing Anthem gives me a ton of hope. Yeah, and I think another thing that this studio, not to beat this horse too much, but the, the another thing Bioware has going for them, like Bungie left Microsoft, but they're still very much a Microsoft studio, even though this is all got the yeah, PlayStation yeah. stuff. And three four three is the the Halo guys. I still feel like Bungie is very much a Microsoft yeah studio. They're yep. very tied into meeting those expectations and the fan base that came from Halo. Yep. Agreed. Whereas this is completely fresh well, and new. And, and Bungie again, for what I do at work, they have a specific art style that their studio wants to meet as a brand. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, it forces them into some of these containers. Yeah, it's the same as any giant franchise. Yep. You get stuck in these buckets. Yep. Um, so you would mentioned I wanted to talk about EA press conference and I don't understand why. What about EA was so exciting? Oh, so it's a actually, new FIFA game coming out. Yeah, so that's it's actually EA not it's, it, so the conference itself wasn't super exciting. It's what the conference held, and it was a thought I had while watching it. Okay. So they spent the first twenty five minutes of this conference that probably cost them a million plus to put on. Sure. Talking about FIFA. Talking about um, Need for Speed. Mm -hmm. They had YouTubers presenting it, and it didn't make any fucking sense to me. And I was kind of annoyed, and then it clicked with me like, holy shit, the gaming industry has become so big that there's actually a section of the gaming industry that doesn't isn't for me. Sure. And that was really cool because like I've always been the guy that every part of the gaming industry is like, I am their target market, right? Mm -hmm. And for the first time, I watched press conferences and went, I'm not the target market for this garbage. And I was like, holy fuck, that's incredible how big it's gotten. And so it just it was just I just had this epiphany and I wanted to bring that up. Like um during the was it the Microsoft conference, they they unveiled for the first time to the public a new Porsche for Forza 17. Oh, really? I they they showed like, oh, here's this is a new Porsche. No one has ever seen this before, and this is an actual Porsche that you can buy and drive. Here it is. And they pulled the curtain off it and everybody screamed. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but holy shit, that's how big gaming is. EA brought out professional soccer commentators that run like a super pro um, popular show in the UK to talk about FIFA. And they're launching a FIFA World Championship. And I don't care. But mm -hmm. obviously there are enough people that care that they would spend part of this millions of dollars to make sure it happened at E3 on stage on stream. So it just made me really happy that the gaming industry is at that size and still growing. I just thought that was really fucking cool. That's, That's cool all I wanted to bring up. It's just that like there was shit at this show that was not for me, and I've never had that before. So I think that's a very cool perspective. Um, so congratulations to the bro gamers. I mean, it's it's interesting with FIFA because you do have because you guy, love FIFA. I love FIFA, mm -hmm. but I don't play soccer at all. Mm -hmm. I just know how to play video games, you right. know? And, and FIFA's chess, right? I play to win. It's high-speed chess with a ball. Um, well, people get really into no, FIFA. No, and what I noticed, so, um, is any slight modification to how um, the AI on your team will respond to you doing something, like someone who plays soccer goes fucking batshit crazy over that. Like just like yeah. you're gonna cross the ball and they are in front of it instead of slightly behind it, like a small tweak in a game like that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> a soccer fan will cream his jeans. <laughs> you know, right. it's, because it's, it's crazy. I it's, mean, at this point, they're simulating life. Right? Yeah, like they're not just making a game; they're simulating the real world. It's pretty crazy. 
that's all I had about EA. Because FIFA's yeah. gonna sell either way, but to spend a million dollars to be like, here are these slight changes to the game we made, like people are going I think I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, but it's, it's pretty cool to see that. Yeah, even it just though makes, it's not necessarily my thing. Well, and, and if you're one of those gamers that's like fuck those types of gamers, you need to realize that if that's happening, that means that all the shit that makes RPGs and shooters and fighting games and all that other stuff cool. That means companies that are building the VFX tools and the real-time simulation tools and all that are being driven forward because there's a bigger market. So, totally. So FIFA being successful and Forza, which I think is stupid, and The Crew, which I think is stupid, and even Need for Speed, which I think is stupid, all of those games selling millions of copies means that Unreal is going to push further, that Houdini is going to push further, and we're going to get cooler and better shit in all of our games because of it. Yep. And that just made me super excited. Well, you're finding too is like in my world as a developer that one person is having to learn more and more and be a jack of all trades. Yep. And I take things from this job to that job and everything that I take with me gets used and the thing I'm doing is better because of it. It's the same thing with game development. Somebody that worked on who knows what. Maybe they worked on Need for Speed and worked on all these other games that you think are shit like FIFA and the AI. Yeah. Maybe he's the guy helping build Anthem. Right. And if that guy, like, think about it, if that person had to figure out how to calculate the physics for a car, <laughs> they can figure out the physics of a dude walking into a wall. Sure. Because car physics are way fucking harder than that, right? So it's just really, it's just cool. Video yep. games are fucking cool. Be inspired by it, yep. uh, that other people enjoy it. So things I don't understand, I guess, moving forward, I'm, and maybe I'm the only one, the Mario Rabbids game. Okay, I'm so excited for this fucking game. Oh so my God. I'd like to take a minute here to time this. It's June 16th, the spoiler alert for when we recorded. Okay. Roughly 8 o'clock. And Tom is more excited for a Nintendo game than I am. Right. And I'm going to buy this game August 29th, 2017. You know the date? On Nintendo Switch. Holy, I'm buying this shit. Holy shit. Okay, Tom, please okay. tell me. So, first of all, did you see the producer from the game in the audience crying when they announced it? No, I didn't. I they, only saw oh, the trailer so, for this. So they cut They cut to the audience while they were talking about that. We are so happy for this producer who's been working tirelessly behind the scenes. And they put the camera on him and he's crying in the audience because wow. he's so proud of this game. And wow. here's, here's what makes it like the rabbits can fuck off. I don't care about rabbits that much. But here's what makes this game incredible. It's XCOM. Okay. But it's accessible XCOM. So mm -hmm. all the combat system is tactics-based RPG style shooter, XCOM style, in a Mario world where the rabbits have crashed into it. So I see this as it's going to be funny. Mm -hmm. It's going to be cutesy and it's going to have the Mario just kind of, hey, I'm Mario and I'm fun as shit. Easy to jump into, probably. But the combat is going to have depth. Right. And I saw that and thought, like, this is what Mario RPG did to JRPGs for me. Mm -hmm. Mario RPG was a menu based RPG that is still one of my favorites. And I would play that and Final Fantasy VI back to back, right? And they're doing that with an XCOM style tactics RPG. And that is so fucking exciting for me because so, I just feel like they they're, they're, Ubisoft is going to do it right. So what's an XCOM style? So, yeah, so the way XCOM plays is you're basically defending the world from aliens. And so you'll get like, oh, aliens are invading warehouse B-23 and you your team goes down. And then there's obstacles scattered all throughout the warehouse. Like a tower and defense kind of thing? Or? Sort of, but it's everybody has like a certain number of spaces they can move and each unit can move further or further based on their weight class and stuff. So like a heavy, for example, can only move two spaces versus maybe a rogue type that's faster can move three or four or a sniper can move more, right? That's more mobile. And you have to use these classes in conjunction to fight the enemy and the enemy has classes. And so you're really setting up these combat scenarios. Hmm. Um, and so you have to kind of think through the combat and that's what this game is combat wise. Gotcha. And so Mario might have like, I think somebody they showed have like a hammer they hit with. So that person's going to be like your face-to-face -face combat guy, right? But you might have mm -hmm. like a Yoshi rabbit that's going to throw eggs from a distance as like a sniper type class. So mm -hmm. they're using all of these class systems, but they're just putting a Mario, putting a cute face on it. Well, good for Nintendo to yeah. open it up their franchise a bit. Yeah. Oh, you're and, good. And, and to be completely honest, like for people that are like, might be laughing, if you haven't played Mario RPG, Mario and Luigi Partners in Time, any of the Mario and Luigi games, which are kind of a modified RPG series, those games are fucking stellar. They do a great job with them. Mm -hmm. And so I have a lot of faith in that. And I just think it'll be a really fun switch game. And so it was funny because my coworker Brenton and I were watching it and we were laughing hysterically the whole time because he's like, holy fuck, that rabbit's dressed like peach. Uh, given. Yeah. Snapping selfies and all that other good stuff. Yeah. I, I definitely think it looks fun. And I, I like the switch enough that I'm. Like I bought Mario Kart so we could play it that weekend. Yeah, and that was fun. I haven't touched it since, but I'm totally cool that I bought it. 
and, and I'm glad that I'll have it to play if I wanted to. And I'm invested enough in Nintendo right now that like I every week I am logging on to the 3DS eShop and to my Switch eShop to see if there's new stuff to buy. Mm-hmm. And my God, if they aren't killing it with the, the 3DS eShop and they need to port that shit to the Switch. Oh man, the 3DS has always been, well, so maybe good. not at the very beginning, but it's such a strong, <laughs> no wonder they haven't scrapped it yet. Why would yeah. they? I mean, literally I almost spent $100 on their eShop last week because they had all the <laughs> Castlevanias, Breath of Fire 1, t- one and 2, like every Capcom game and Konami game I've loved. And I was like, they're only $7 each. That's 15 games. It's, it's 100 bucks. I can do that. Shit, their indie games are usually really yeah. good too. The Box Boy series, I got obsessed yep. with as far as a puzzle solving thing. I loved it. Yep. So uh, while we're talking about Nintendo, um, Metroid. I'm not excited for Metroid Prime 4. So you can talk about that. I'm just excited. that I really loved Metroid Prime 1, 2, and 3. I love okay. the Metroid series, and so the fact that Nintendo is going back to that instead of the other M shit, I'm yeah. stoked on. So Metroid Prime 1 was a Cube game, right? Yep, GameCube. 3 was the Wii game. I think... Or was it 2? I don't know where 2 landed, but I know that 3 was on the Wii. Okay, well, 2... Whichever one was on the Wii, like the first one on the Wii, it was a gimmicky pile of garbage. Mm-hmm. And that's why... Like, I think that's why I don't like the Prime games, because I never played it on GameCube. And oh. so I played it on Wii, and I was like... They're literally just making this game so that I use their fucking motion controls. It's not that great, and it didn't feel right, and I was out. Yeah, you should go back and revisit. Well, if you wanted to, you could revisit the cube. I would imagine they'll re-release it uh, with this. They'll because, do an HD remakes for Switch, I'm sure. I mean, that they solved a lot of issues that I don't think that Halo or these other games knew how to do quite yet for mm-hmm. a first-person shooter using an analog controller to where the, it was simplified that you could snap and I think the Wii controller ruined that. It did. But on the GameCube where you could push the, I think it was the R trigger, and you would snap to the different targets around you, kind of like Z targeting. Yeah, it uses Zelda targeting. Yeah, but in a first-person shooter. And it made it much more about exploration and the, the ambiance rather yeah. than the gimmick. And I, I could see where you're coming from yeah. on that. And I, I would hope that since they, they've kept their gimmicky stuff pretty low on mm-hmm. the Switch. I hope that they would do that with this I Metroid mean, Prime. I would say that ARMS is the most gimmicky game they've done on Switch so far, which came out today, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I can't, I can't buy it. I could see if if I was nine years old, I would be all about that game. Yeah. But yeah, I'm cool with Mario yeah, Kart there, for now. There, there's actual good fighting games. I think something else that kind of snuck under the radar was they announced a Metroid game for the 3DS. Yeah, and I didn't know about that till like three days ago. Like somebody sent me the trailer and was like, did you, like it was super under the radar. I'm surprised that Nintendo, I feel like they don't uh, think that the series does as well as it might. And maybe, maybe it doesn't do as well as I think it should. Well, you'll notice in their presser, they didn't talk about the 3DS at all. Oh, really? Well, they're probably trying to hit the Switch pretty hard based mm-hmm. on how poorly the Wii U had done. Yeah. And that's why they said they uh, stopped doing the NES minis was to really like, yep, we're all in on the Switch. So the yeah, the 3DS side scroller, it looks which, like your basic 3D 2D game, which I will buy and play for the record. Great, and I, I think I will too. And I, this will be the first Metroid game outside of the Prime games that I'll be buying it first day. Yeah, yep. The 2D scrollers are they're always I, fun. I, I love Metroidvanias. Like I still go back and play Metroid Fusion for GBA. So. Yep, yep. That one's always really good. Yep. So. Anyhow, uh, the Metroid stuff has been super great. I wanted to comment on um, the weirdest fucking thing. And everybody's going crazy about this. And I feel like, again, I'm the only guy that's saying, okay, cool, I'll pick it up. But even people that don't play Nintendo have come to me and asked me, like, did you see that Mario Odyssey thing with the fucking dinosaur? It looks bonkers. (laughs) Like, it looks bonkers as shit. Everything about that trailer, the, the fact that a theme song that some jazz character was singing that you saw at the end of this, there was a dinosaur that looked like it was straight out of a Steven Spielberg movie wearing yeah. a Mario hat. And I thought, like, how the fuck are they going to fit? It's got to be just one little thing. And I was watching the Treehouse gameplay, and there's a... Uh, it looks like Zelda. It, it looks yeah. like when as far as the way they set that up for the Breath of the Wild. So the section, you have coins that are global coins and then coins for the area. And when you get the coins for the area, you buy suits for Mario and different things for that area. So think of like for Death Mountain, you'd have okay, currency yeah. for Death Mountain. And this one particular section, the the whole world is surrounded by this big wall. So the person playing got on the wall, and it's a it's a big forest. They jumped off the wall, and they said you need to. We encourage you to explore, and you'd think you'd die, but in this situation, you don't. You go to this underworld, like reverse negative forest, where it's all dark, and in the fucking corner is this Tyrannosaurus Rex, and he puts his hat on him. Well, it's got a different, at least when I was watching it, it had a hat, a top hat, so you couldn't take control of him. I'm like, there's, there's that much thought behind this? <laughs> yeah. This character's around enough that you have to have this puzzle solving just to be the dinosaur? 
it's they're doing it looks fun yeah and i think like i think they're finally past this like weird like i almost compare it to like acid jazz right like they're past this like we think we understand how to be cool and hip Mm-hmm. And we're gonna do like weird shit. Um, I'm trying to think of games like that that they did that were just not great. Well, like that fucking robot game that they were doing, where you were the robot with the Wii console, the Wii U, and you were looking through the eyes and stomping over a city. Oh shit! I don't even know what but you're talking about. It, they showed it at E3 last year, pretty or two years ago, pretty heavily, and they were really pushing it. And I was like, this game looks like total fucking garbage. And they're like, no, you're gonna see through the eyes of the robot by staring at the tablet. I'm like, nobody fucking wants to do that. And I think that was like their teenager, like, I think I understand how to be cool and experimental phase. <laughs> and now they've like surpassed that. And they're like, now we get it. And we're gonna do some weird fucking shit and you're gonna love it. Well, and I think part of it too is also just hitting the stride of like the fuck it, where yeah. the, they were trying to, well, we don't wanna stray too far from the Zelda formula. You know, we want to stick to what worked with Ocarina. And then they said, fuck it, we're just going to do what we want to do with Breath of the Wild. What haven't we tried? What have we thought about and said no because it doesn't meet the formula? And that's what this fucking Mario game feels like. <laughs> and it looks. Somebody said, hey, let's put the Stranosaurus Rex in here. You know what? Let's put Mario in this, you know, yeah. this outfit or and, that outfit. And better yet, let's have the Tyrannosaurus Rex not match the fucking art style. Yeah. Like, let's make him an actual, like, look, living and breathing looking creature while everything else is cell shaded. And let's put Why him not? in GTA for some fucking reason <laughs> and have Mario be able to take over. I, I, I don't know what the fuck is going I think on. It's going to be really fun. And I feel weird saying that because usually you're the guy saying Nintendo's going to do a good thing and I'm going, nah, it's fucking crazy. I saw that and went, yeah, man, like, this looks, <laughs> looks like right. I like the puzzle solving that is introduced with that cap stuff, being yeah. able to take over different enemies, like a bullet bill and things. That was the other thing that really sold me on the Mario back to the Rabbids plus Mario mm-hmm. is the fact that they had like Mega Man style blasters on their hands to shoot yeah. and they were like bullet bills and shit. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, but okay. Uh, well, I want to make a, a brief note. I saw that they're releasing Skyrim for the Switch and you can play in like Zelda or Link Attire with the Master. Can we stop like fucking putting that game out? Is that going to be on no. everything? Bethesda's going to put that on MS DOS next. Yeah, what the they fuck? are, dude. And they're going to keep doing it. They've, I mean, they've pretty much made it clear if there is going to be another Skyrim, it is years down the road. Yeah. And it's so cute. At the same time, it keeps selling. I like, mean, sales for the PS4 redo were strong, as it, far as I know. It's our fault. Like, it's our like. I, I put a tweet up before E3 that was like, "How many HD remakes are they going to announce this year?" And I like was just being sarcastic. And somebody replied to me, "Was like, you know what, man? Like, this is funny, but I'm part of the problem because I buy every single one of them." <laughs> and and I wanted to be mad at them, but I pre-ordered the Final Fantasy 12 HD remake that's coming out in two weeks. So like, it's they're it's doing it because we fucking it. buy it, right? And they made some great games. Yep, like a core. I would gladly replay Skyrim over and over again because yep. it's fantastic. You repackage it, you give me a little something, I'll probably buy it. You can give me that extra <laughs> special helmet. Speaking of which, this is not related. So I I commissioned a local artist to do a, uh, a sketch of me, like for an avatar of me as my dwarf character from D and D, but wearing the D and D like horn or the the Elder Scrolls like horned. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> I can't um, wait to see that. But. On that same vein, I am okay with Bethesda consistently releasing stuff because the money they make from that funded the new Wolfenstein coming out this year, which looks fucking. If you did not play Wolfenstein, I have never played Wolfenstein, oh and what? I and I saw Were that you not a child. I played in the early nineties with a computer. See, when I when I hit it, it was Duke Nukem, which okay. was like the tail end of all of that. Yeah, but the Wolfenstein. I saw the trailer for the second one. I'm like, Dude, I have to play this fucking game. Wolfenstein New Order is incredible because like they bonkers. They do just like so. New Order came out four or five years ago. They do just what they did with Doom. They're like, all right, we understand that all that this game wants to do is punch Nazis. Right. Let's put a decent story to it and let you fucking murder Nazis. And they did that and they made an incredible game. And so this new one to me, it looked like the fucking Doom engine with Nazi killing. I was like, I'm in. <laughs> Tom's in. This game, dude, Wolfenstein is great. I'll probably play that one. Um, okay, so last thing we were all agreed on that we want to talk about is Battlefront 2. Oh John has revisited Battlefront 1 because he'd had I, enough fun poning noobs on... He had to be part of the ninety percent of For Honor that left. Yeah, I was. I did leave briefly for For Honor, but are you doing both still? No, I I haven't touched For Honor in months. I just went back to Battlefront. I love it. Yeah, love, love this game, and I'm excited for the new one because it covers everything. 
mean, yep. they're covering chapters one through eight of the Star Wars saga. And the single player story oh, wow. is bridging four and five, right? It's the in between four and five. And, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, campaign mode, which was the biggest complaint of the original Battlefront, which they pretty much immediately released an apology for like, hey, we were under pressure to get this out in time for the movie. We didn't. But then they also said we are already starting. I mean, this was within a month of Battlefront one release. And they're like, we're already working on Battlefront two. Yeah, we will have a campaign mode. And I think it's going to be a pretty large one. I mean, it'll be a couple. I bet it'll they've be hinted five hours, at, six hours. I know they've hinted at that covering the entire saga in hmm. some way. Hmm. That would be pretty fun, though, to be able to visit each movie or even between the movies in some fashion. And you get to go back to being droids during the oh Clone Wars. God, I mean, that was a great part of Battlefront on the P. Play, was it PlayStation or PlayStation Two? PS Two, PS Two, and Xbox. Think, yeah. yeah, OG Xbox. That was fun. Yeah. I'm excited for that. The the footage they showed, I mean, as always, looks so beautiful. Well, and, and just complete and absolute chaos. That's the fun <laughs> part of Battlefront. Yeah. Is like you have never felt more like I am a clone, <laughs> just pawn <laughs> in this massive war. I mean, you get yeah. lit up. It's forty to sixty people playing at a time. It is holy shit, absolute chaos. Well, you and- get it worked. Nonstop. I mean, you shoot someone, and you were getting shot immediately afterwards. And I don't, I don't uh, like Star Wars, right? Like everyone knows that about me. Like I don't hate it, but I'm not like like I watched Rogue One on a flight home because there was nothing else on, and it was fine. And Darth Maul in their fucking multiplayer beta was so hype. He was so <laughs> fucking cool. Like he was. I, I don't know if you guys saw that part, but oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like flying in and out of rooms with the lightsaber spinning, just chopping shit up and disappearing again. It was fucking incredible. Like it the game looks like they finally got that depth, I hope. And and I know they were talking about they've been flying in like pros that play Star Wars Battlefront and doing twenty V twenty matches and interviewing all of those pros individually about like, hey, what do you think? What are you doing? What do you think? What do you you know? Yeah. Super. What's working, cool. what's not working. Yeah, yeah. And I mean that's another so within Battlefront, how it works is you're on a map. Mm-hmm. And you'll be playing, and then little icons appear that give you boosts, you know, special weapons, turrets, rocket launchers, things like that. But then there's the hero icons, and I am so excited for that when you are going to be able to play characters from across the entire series mismatched up throughout matches. (laughs) I mean, that's fun and exciting. They're kind of doing it now. You have a bunch of Rogue One add-ons. Oh, really? Yeah, that was their final uh, expansion pack in the original Battlefront. And you can be, uh, what's her name? The main character. Yeah, I, I'm forgetting. I it's shrug. escaping me. I'm and sorry. then uh, the general as well. General Tang, you know, the, the main villain. And I'm sorry. My, Tarkin? I, Tarkin, yes. <laughs> Tarkin, Tarkin, yes. General Tangy McTangerman then? And it's fun to have those. You have a what's her name versus Darth Vader. <laughs> you know, it's a good. Well, I have it on the Xbox. I haven't played it nearly as much as you, but I've enjoyed it for those reasons where I could just jump in and just have some fun and have it be crazy. But I could see where there's a lot of depth if I wanted to really get into it. Yep. That that chaos is definitely there. That the the one thing I miss, um, which I don't maybe they brought in. The one thing I miss a lot from those original Battlefront games was being able to play essentially capture the flag or King of the Hill in space where you were dogfighting and you'd go dock into a Star Destroyer and go inside and set bombs and then take off. Yeah, it's mostly just dogfighting with yeah. some objectives. But I it's hope like they bring protect some of that back. the ship, you know, like you have a transport ship you have to protect. The Empire's trying to blow it up. It's like a bunch of refugees. And gotcha. Things like that. So similar you know, ideas like protect yeah. this or that. So what are some of the, the things that they might be improving on from Battlefront 1. It sounds like they're going to have more story and um, just cover the gamut of all the episodes. Is there any yeah. of the gameplay that looked I different? I thought like there was a deeper class system. Yeah, I, I read briefly about that. I don't know much about it, but I think deeper classes, I think you're going to have a, a larger variety of maps. Mm-hmm. That's the one downside. Yep. There's a lot of game modes within the current Battlefront. I think there's like 10 total. That is quite and bad. a lot of them have different maps within it, but like I enjoy playing Supremacy, which is like just the forty on forty, trying to take bases back and forth. Oh yeah, conquests. Yeah, battlefield and at least. 
the problem with is like really there's only like I'm playing the same six maps over and over. Yeah, and that can burn you out. Yeah, but with the amount of story they're including in this and having all the episodes be a part, I could see them expanding it quite quite a bit. Well, and oh, here it is. Yeah, this is from Eurogamer, and the headline is trying to be Yoda and it's stupid. But this is another big thing. All of their DLC will be free. Which they just did with the really? current Battlefront. I yeah. never downloaded the last two packs, the Death Star and Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I didn't feel it was worth it. I didn't buy the season pass because I didn't know how committed I was. Yeah. And now it's you can only buy the season pass. I've already bought half the content. So, you're not so I don't want to pay $50. And then this past week, right before E3, I logged in. It said, by the way, all our DLC packs are now just downloaded. You have them. You're good to go. They're and, free. And Battlefront 2 is doing the same thing. Yeah. There's no paid DLC for Battlefront 2. That's huge. That is super huge. That's going to change That's going to change a lot of things. That's going to force a lot of other guys to follow suit, hopefully. I, I'd i hope so. I, I don't know. Like I if, wouldn't hold your breath. But I would like. I would love for them to do that. I, I think At least in multiplayer games like that where you, you don't want to lose your fucking audience because you've right. got Call of Duty come out or Halo and it's easy these guys jump between them. But if you keep giving them incentives and not say pay for this incentive, but... Right. Here's another map pack. Here's some more characters. Yeah. You're going to make your money when you are a Star Wars franchise that is putting out mm-hmm. a really solid game and appealing to all the fan bases by including right. virtually, you know, every era of Star Wars. And yeah. I, and I You're going to sell a bunch of games. You're going to yep. be fine. And I, and I think yeah, the way yeah. that you continue to make money is not as much through releasing paid content, which is one way but it's through supporting your community through like esports. You're mm-hmm. going to see, I mean, this trend is already building. Like Starcraft. Starcraft is doing it. Street Fighter is doing it. League FIFA is doing it. League. Madden just announced, a uh, FIFA, they announced a world tour tournament. Madden's doing it because if uh, NetherRealms, you well, know, shit, Nintendo as, with Splatoon. Yeah. And they're doing this because they know that if they say, look, there's a hundred two, there's $500,000 prize pot at the end of each year for this tournament with point systems and everything. People are going to see that. And then see the game, go, that game looks really fun. I can do that. And they're going to go buy the game and they're going to try it. Mm-hmm. And if they're bad at that, they're going to go buy a different game and they're going to try it. And so they're going to keep doing that. And that's, in my mind, that's how you keep your community playing, right? Is you build a tournament series and a competitive series, mm-hmm. which adds a whole new problem with gaming. But that solves a lot of the how do I, instead of making a game every year, Maybe we get these really awesome AAA games in a franchise every five years, and they keep adding this free DLC to keep us playing instead of beating Call of Duty to death over 10 years. Call of Duty, Guitar Hero, et cetera, et cetera. Ratchet and Clank, Spyro. Even Halo. Even Halo. I know we get Halo, what is it, once every probably three years? But... and. I didn't play the last one. I mean, you don't really hear anything about the last one. Some people enjoyed it when you talk to them. The story was great. It's not something that comes up like but you're it still, did when the first yeah. two Halos. Right. You're still talking about Battlefront, you know? Yeah, and but people I mean, everywhere are still talking about Battlefront. Battlefront also has only been, it's been a year and a half, two years. And well, I, I think a lot of those first-person shooters, I feel like that community drops off, though, after yeah, a year or so. They're very fickle. So I think it's really cool that you still are that interested in Battlefront and there's that many people playing. Well, and I think if it, I mean, dude, it's fucking dice, man. Like, dice yeah, dice. Makes, they're so good. And oh, to go with that, I don't see a lot of the same names over and over when I'm playing. Yep. Which means there's a I see like audience. there's those top guys where like. Yeah, you're rotating around. Yeah, but in general, it's pretty. And that's impressive because even in Street Fighter, I, I recognized gamer tags. Like yeah. I'll run into somebody like, oh, I played this guy last week. Oh, I played this guy two weeks ago. Mm. So and, and that and, you know, they have I don't know how many active online, but I know that, you know, they have at least 300,000 people registered on their server. Is is battle Battlefront's not cross platform, is it? So it is For the not. multiplayer and that so we can touch on this. But basically every other console but PlayStation is like, yeah, cross platform. Fuck it. And uh. Sony is holding out. And I'm pissed because that is the fucking future. And Street Fighter. Even Nintendo bought into that with that. What is it? Ro- what is that game? The oh, Rocket League? Yeah, because that's Dude, I'm cross platform. That, that game on the Switch is going to be so much goddamn fun. You think Mario Kart's fun? Mario Kart. Or, sorry, Rocket League. <laughs> like, so imagine all the. You like Mario Kart? Kart? Mario. Check out Mario. Kart. Yo, dog, I hear you like Mario Kart. So we put Mario Kart in your Mario Kart. No, like, think of that night we were all sitting around the table just playing Mario Kart, yelling at each other, right? Yeah, yeah. Rocket League is more fun. No, I'm excited for that, and I'm excited for cross-platform. It's a bummer to hear that PlayStation's not buying into that and yet. And I don't understand when, it. When you say cross-platform, are you talking like 
PlayStation to PC. To I could be Xbox. talking about Xbox and PlayStation being able yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Xbox opened up the gates to do that, and yeah. Nintendo was on board as well. And like Rocket League made it happen. Um, Street Fighter it does it between PC and PS4, but Sony is fighting having it happen between consoles. But imagine if I'm a PS4 guy, which I am, and I have Battlefront, and Lucas has Battlefront on the Xbox, and we could just play together. Yeah. I mean, I think it's frustrating. I don't get to play with a lot of my friends like, because I love PlayStation because yeah. I play more games than my friends and, and they put out games. That's and, what they do. And where does Sony mm-hmm. lose more revenue? Where I stop buying PlayStation Plus because I've switched to Xbox because that's where my friends are? Or I keep paying them for PlayStation Plus because I can play with my friends? And it's mm-hmm. a reality. I've been debating over an Xbox One. Yep. Like when they announced the One X, I was like, I'll keep my PlayStation, but this... Maybe I get this. Maybe should, we see what happens. They should have called it the Xbox X because then it could have been the triple Xbox. They lost a lot of really good marketing, marketing <laughs> opportunities by skipping a bunch of letters in the alphabet and going to Xbox One X. Because now everyone's calling uh-huh. it the Xbox or the Xbonix. They could have just called it the triple Xbox. I call mine the X-Bone. X-Bone. They could have Vin Diesel on it. I, Tom. What? That's... That's a great idea. See? I don't know why you're not in charge. <laughs> I don't understand. I would be a millionaire. All right, dudes. I think we had an awesome discussion about E3. Yeah. Great we got show. a lot of stuff to buy and hopefully play together later. No no horses were actually beaten in this episode, dead uh, or otherwise. Go check out Evil Within 2. Lucas will put it on the agenda, but it's really good. And also, come see John at the swap meet. It's going to be fun. with him and buy shirts from us. If you don't buy the shirts, we can't pay our mortgages. Please, God, buy the shirts. Okay, hit the space bar. This episode has been brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery, located at 94 East, Fort Union Boulevard in Midvale, Utah. Please make sure to like and rate us on iTunes. Be sure to check out our friends through being cool, and we'll catch you guys next week.